Friday. You're listening to TGIF, the horror movie podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favourite or not-so-favourite horror movies with your host, me, Kat. This week, I am joined by horror content creator and YouTuber, Chelsea. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on to the show. I'm so excited because you chose a really awesome film. <laughs> right, I love this movie so much. and I feel like it doesn't get enough love. Like, I like to just kind of, like, share it, like, every, like, six months and get it back out there into the horror sphere. <laughs> You're like, I only just, it's so funny you say that, because uh, I only just put it on a couple of weeks ago, and it's, like, a part of my 100 horror movies in 92 days. And then when you chose it, I was like, holy shit, that's so weird, because I only just watched this. That blows my mind. <laughs> that's so funny. I was going through some of the movies, and I was like, no one talks about 1408. I'm doing that movie. Hopefully no one yeah. else has done it. <laughs> You're like, that's great. I'm like, okay, great. We've done a few Stephen King adaptations for sure. But because um, mm-hmm. I, I love Stephen King um, and like his, you know, the adaptations of his books and stuff like Salem's Lot was probably one of the first horror movies I ever rem- like watched as a kid, but I didn't really associate it with horror. I was like, oh, it's vampires. That's cool. Like right. that wasn't <laughs> like, a horror this. for me. This is so much. Look, there's kids. They're floating. This is cool. <laughs> like this is fun. I feel Probably that. Probably shouldn't have watched it. Um, and it's so funny because when I talk to my grandmother about it, she's like, "Oh, that movie terrified me. The kids were so creepy." And I was like, "Yeah, but I was the same age as them when I watched it, so I didn't find it that weird. Now I find it weird." <laughs> right? You're like, "That looks like Kevin from school." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, "He's he looks a little different in this film, but." But yeah, when when kids in horror movies are the same age as you, you're like, oh, that's that's fine. That's not weird. I would. Right. I would. You just vampire. think they're cool. Yeah, right. especially they're vampires. You're like, God, that's so cool. I want to be a vampire. Yeah. And adults sure. are like, oh my god, that's terrifying. Well, when you're yeah. an adult too, like anything with kids is scary. Yes. You're just like children are just so unpredictable and just terrifying. They're little. They're fast. <laughs> they have thumbs. They can grab things. <laughs> oh. They're they're gonna grab shit, they're throwing shit, they they run at a million miles an hour, their brain works at a million miles an hour. It's terrifying. Kids are kids are scary. They are. That's why so many people use them in horror movies. (laughs) Yeah, like my my niece um is seven and her and I were in the front yard the other day talking about um my cat. And I was she's like, I'm gonna chase after pickles. And I was like, Oh, she runs pretty fast and she looks at me and she's like, Yeah, but I run faster. And I was like, <laughs> you're like, pickles run. <laughs> pickles get out of here. <laughs> and I was just like, that's, she's, oh, you're so creepy. <laughs> right. You like trip her to give pickles a head start. <laughs> you're like, hurry, go. Oh, yeah. You're like, you yeah. might be faster, but I'm bigger. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hold you down. Pickles, get out of here. Save yourself. Right. You're I'll not take the one top for of the this pyramid. <laughs> yeah. And if only I had that attitude towards kids in horror films, though. <laughs> right. I do think that a lot with, like, Chucky and all that. I'm like, literally just pick them up. <laughs> like, they're literally so small. Literally put them, like, put a basket on top of them, like, you know, your older <laughs> sibling did, and sit on it. Like, I don't understand. You're fine. <laughs> right. It's that simple. <laughs> uh, what What horror movie with kids terrified you the most? Um, honestly, I'm trying to, like, Orphan. 
the Ooh, omen yeah. things like oh, that yeah. but like they're just little and orphans even like scarier i mean a spoiler alert if you have seen orphan but i mean she's not really even a child but she's just really small and she portrays a child That's so then it's fun. like are you even a kid <laughs> like all they kids could be even kids could be, right it could be adults like you just don't even know because <laughs> you just assume they're innocent and they're not oh or like the is it the good child where that kid he's literally a psychopath oh i haven't and seen that it's it's called the good child or the it's called the good child yeah it's really good it has the kid from home alone in it it's from like the 90s okay um i don't know how to say his name it's like the i don't know it's from home alone <laughs> but it's really good yes him oh, i'm pretty sure it. okay yeah he's he's like the bad the bad kid or whatever it's a really good it's more of like a thriller than it really is a horror movie but it's a good movie i remember watching that when i was younger i liked it nice mine would have to be village of the damned because of those haircuts I've never seen that. I, I, I was listening to your podcast and people were mentioning movies and I'm like, I feel like I've seen so many movies, but at the same time, I feel like I haven't seen all the movies, which not yeah. anyone has. And I'm like, sometimes people are like, oh, you're not a horror fan. You haven't seen this. And I'm like, well, have you seen this or so this? Well, no. I'm like, there's so many movies out there. There is. There's like so much out there. And there's like a lot that I also won't watch just because it's not my cup of tea. So I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. just won't watch that. That's fine. But um, yeah, Village of the Damned is pretty messed up. Um, my niece actually gave herself a haircut and looked like <laughs> the, one of the kids from the film because she's uh she's a white blonde as well. And I'm just yeah. like, I have to leave. <laughs> I have to go now. I'm sorry, but you're terrifying. <laughs> well, she wanted bangs, so she cut her fringe right across the top. And at the time, she had like a bob, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> You're terrifying. That's so funny. I feel like um I feel like your niece needs like some kind of novel <laughs> written after her or something. Oh, there's two of them. There's two <laughs> spooky kids. There's Lucy and Luna. Lucy is the the one that said I can run faster, and Luna's the one that cut her hair. And I do talk about them on the podcast often because they're like they like spooky stuff. Like the eldest oh, right. is goosebumps and um she wants to make Goosebumps movies when she's older and the youngest uh, likes Ghostbusters. So it's like, they, they like, you know. They like what they can consume. Yeah. I love that. I also love their names. Like, those are the cutest names. Yeah, day and night. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they literally are. They're both, um, they both have ADHD though and that's fucking exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Oh my gosh. Like a mile a minute just all the time. Uh, yeah, or staring into space, and I'm like, do you want nuggets? Do you want nuggets? Do you want nuggets? <laughs> They're dino-shaped. <laughs> that's how you get their attention. <laughs> and that's so funny, because I was trying to speak to the oldest the other night, and I was like, do you want pizza for dinner? And she wasn't answering me, and I looked at my grandma, I was like, is this what it's like talking to me? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's I'm so funny. sorry. <laughs> I'm really only like that when I'm watching TV. Like, my husband has to physically, yeah. like, pause it. And then I like look at him and then he's like, now I can talk or he'll talk to me. And I'll be my phone. And I'll sit my phone down. So I know. And I'm like, can you repeat everything you just said? I'm sorry. He's like, yes, I can. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. I could literally be looking at my partner and he'll be talking and I'll be like, can you repeat all of that? I, wasn't, <laughs> I, I don't think I was listening. You're like, I didn't catch any of it. I caught the last. I saw your mouth and- moving and then I heard some bits, but I'm uh, help. You need subtitles. I need subtitles when you talk. Yes. <laughs> then I can at least read every other word and get the gist. <laughs> I got an idea of what you're Right. Like, was there a question about. in there or not? <laughs> Should I answer I this or no? I was waiting for the inflection of a question. There was nothing there. <laughs> you're like, yes? 
question mark do i answer this <laughs> uh, every day uh, this is why i'm not looking forward to coming out of lockdown because i'm like i don't know how to communicate with people <laughs> yeah i i feel that i was in, I, I was, was already before lockdown i was i'd never leave my house like we just order everything <laughs> everything comes to my door i bring it inside i'm like okay thanks great right <laughs> I was working on my social skills with my therapist and then we went into lockdown and I couldn't practice my social skills. So I was like, no, I feel like everything I just did. I'm going back to the beginning. I have to go back to the start. Like I even had like social scripts and stuff that I was working on and I'm really sad. (laughs) (laughs) Let's, um, let's dive into the film. Um, so a little bit about 1408, uh, 1408, is a 2007 American psychological horror film based on Stephen King's 1999 short story of the same name. It is directed by Mikhail Hafstrom and stars John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. The film follows Mike Eslin, Ens- I can never say his name, Enslin, an author who investigates allegedly haunted houses and rents the titular room at 1408 at the New York City Hotel The Dolphin. Although skeptical of the paranormal, he is soon trapped in the room where he experiences bizarre events. Bizarre. Yes. It's an understatement. <laughs> yes. I was like, bizarre is, I don't know, traumatizing maybe? <laughs> Do you know what's so funny is when I was watching this, I saw so much of his sister just in the way that he speaks and his like facial expressions. I was like, far out. Like, you really are related. (laughs) I don't even know who his sister is. Joan Cusack? No. Oh, really? Oh, that's fine. No, that's fine. I'm going to look it up right now. This is what I do. Joan Cusack. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is is how I live my life, because I don't know anything, and I have to look it up. And then I'm like, oh, oh, I know who this is. (laughs) I'm like, School of Rock, love her. Yeah. Love that. Adam's family. I know you're yeah. talking about. I do see yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Now you know, because you know what I'm talking about now. Um, right. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen a lot of John Cusack's films, um, like Seren- Serendipity, and there's another one. But yeah, I, haven't, I, I enjoy him in this film, but I haven't seen a lot of his films. Right. I haven't either. That's what I was, tr- I was trying to think of that, because usually I like to, even my own videos, I like reference things. I'm like, I haven't really seen... I've only really seen this. <laughs> like, this is yeah. literally all I know him from. Like, if I see him, I'm like, oh, it's the guy from 1408. <laughs> like, yeah. that's who he is. <laughs> I'm going to have a look because um, knowing me, there's probably a whole bunch of films that I'm like, oh, oh, High Fidelity is actually the one that I was thinking of, not Serendipity. I mean, it sounds similar. <laughs> but it is Close not. Uh, he was in Con Air. Mm. Oh, he was in Serendipity. Ah, yes, I rule. Uh, you got it. And he was also in Stand By Me. But he's in heaps of movies. Wow. He's yeah, yeah, he is. They're a lot. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of these movies. These are definitely quite a lot older. Wow, cool. Huh, fun. But yeah, that's definitely his best role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Regardless of what anyone says, that was his best. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says, this is his best one yet. It's one of my um, favorite movies, so <laughs> that's all that matters. Yeah, I really enjoy this one. Let's dive into the film. So Mike, played by John Cusack, arrives uh, by car at a hotel in the middle of the night. It's absolutely pouring down rain. He goes in, and when he checks in, the owners are explaining to him the haunted history of the property. 
It doesn't say where he is. I think this is just a little bit of exposition to let you know that Mike, is, he investigates haunted properties for a living and rights mm-hmm. books. Right. Uh, he spends his days in California. On one particular day, he goes surfing and whilst he sees something in the sky, doesn't he? Or he's distracted. Um, yeah, he just like is staring into the sky <laughs> just so the wave will hit him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I like that's my thought too. I'm like, why are you just sitting there? Like, I don't know if he's daydreaming. He doesn't even show like why he's doing it. He just is. He just and I'm like, out. right. He's just like, my life sucks right now. <laughs> I hate everything. And even when he first goes into that first, um, like I think it's kind of like a better breakfast is the vibe it gave me. Yeah, it's a cute old couple. First of all, that place was adorable. That room, yes. I don't know why, but ever since I first saw it when I was like younger or whatever, when I first watched this. That little fireplace and those two little doors. I'm like, this is the cutest place. And that was like, I always think of that. <laughs> I don't know why. And the way he treated those old people annoyed me so bad. Because they're like, yeah. oh, they're so excited. They're like, look at our pamphlets. We have all these things. And he's like, with his sunglasses. And he's like, yeah, dude, I don't care. Just give me the room. <laughs> I'm like, he was so mean. bro, you need to calm down. And then he's a surfer. And I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> he's given those bro dude vibes. And I'm like, please be nice to these old people. And then you get hit by the wave, and that's just, that's karma. (laughs) That wave to the face was karma for how you treated those old people. I literally, like, my first note was, like, so condescending. (laughs) I felt so bad for these old people. I was like, how rude. They're so proud. They love their little Airbnb, but I love how they're like, uh, and this is where the, the housekeeper hung herself twice. Right. Twice? And he's like, yeah, dude, cool. <laughs> he's not I would have been like, please tell me the story. Twice. Right. How? 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 Right. That's why I'm like, I want to hear more and you keep cutting them off and it's upsetting me. Stop And it. then you go to the cutest room in the world and you don't appreciate it. You don't even care. <laughs> exactly. Fucking jerk. It, it um, bothered me. <laughs> so after he's been uh, hit by this... It's not even a massive wave. Uh, he he's just not paying attention. He's just yeah. the world's worst surfer. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that when he washes up on the beach, his uh, wetsuit actually says Psycho One on it. <laughs> I do love that. <laughs> I was like, ooh, because you know, like the whole haunted house and right. and whatnot and everything. Obviously, that's a really cool little um, homage to to Psycho and Hitchcock. Um, yeah. Uh, Mike goes, grabs his mail. He is chatting away with um, some of the, like, I guess he's a regular in that post office because they all are like, Mike, I read your latest book. <laughs> yeah, and you could tell that one guy was, like, a fan and he was, like, I like yeah. he kind of appreciated him but still just kind of, like, writing him off. But I feel like he's he too. feels so underappreciated as a person. But it's like, you have, like, even if you have one or two people that appreciate you, like, appreciate them back. Like, do not sit there yeah. and write them off because he's just some postal worker. Like, who are you? You're just some right. writer. <laughs> You're just exactly. Anyway, um, I just him just being condescending. Like, I'm like, I love this movie, and I'm like, he's the worst, and I hate him. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even have that good of a story arc either, and it's like, hmm. right. <laughs> uh, he gets home, goes through his mail. He receives a postcard with a picture of the Do- Dolphin Hotel on the front, and the writing on the card says, "Stay away from 1408." So, of course, he's it's, like, uh, right. no. And I'm it comes from the Dolphin Hotel as well. I, like, paused it and, like, made sure. <laughs> I was like, I oh, read really? It. Like, it actually came from the, because I was like, who sent him this? Like, how did he get this? But it actually mm. came from the Dolphin Hotel. So I'm like, mm, shady. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> right. 
I love when he's on the phone and he's like, uh, the hotel operators, you know, that room is not available. And he's like, I didn't tell you which date. And they're like, okay, well, what date? And he's like, next week? He's like, no, that's not available. Next month? No, that's not available. (laughs) Me too. I love that. There is also a scene where he's doing a book signing. (laughs) (laughs) And he, um, he arrives, I think this is actually before the Dolphin Hotel postcard, but he arrives and he's like telling the bookstore worker who he is. And the guy's like, and? Right, (laughs) he couldn't care less. But um, there is a really touching moment after he has his like um, like uh, meet and greet kind of thing, uh, his talk about his latest book, which is like 10 Haunted Hotels or something. Mm-hmm. And a young writer comes over to him and presents like one of his first written books. And she says to him, you know, like this was such a brilliant book, but then also makes a comment about how there weren't many bidders on eBay <laughs> trying to get it. Right. And he was like, oh. I mean, he did ask. She could have been did. like, oh, I paid hundreds. <laughs> He's she like, you're a liar. <laughs> yeah. And she asks if the relationship uh, between the father and the son was a, you know, a, a fictional relationship or was it real? And he's like, you know, nah, that's not um, fictional. Uh, that's fictional, blah, blah, blah. But uh, she also says something um, about him writing like that again. And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't know him. Like he's long gone, like that writer. Mm-hmm. And that's really sad because obviously Mike, um, we do find out why Mike has, you know, detached himself from that past and why he does what he does. Because he also um, does tell his audience basically that the supernatural is fake. Right. They're like asking and they're so they're so excited about this. And he's like, um, basically, I don't believe in it. <laughs> it's yeah. like, okay, great. Or I, my favorite is when that, that kid comes up and he's like, no, but like, what's the scariest place? And he's like the haunted mansion on in Orlando. And he's like, okay, thanks. Because that kid like does not even understand what he just told him. <laughs> I just, uh, I love that. Not <laughs> for him, but it was. I know, I kind of forgot how, like, like how sad and, like, dark this movie kind of gets as it yeah. goes on. Uh, yeah, because yeah, as I was, like, taking notes, like, when you're, first of all, you're taking notes on a movie, you really are more invested in it, and you oh, yeah. pay attention to more details. Because usually I watch this, and I was kind of like, oh, the jump scares and the whatever. But yeah, this time I was like, oh my, I was like really getting invested into the character more so and just everything. I was like, and you're like oh, I just you really cried a little bit. <laughs> an asshole. Right. But yeah, then he starts out and I'm like, this guy. <laughs> this guy. Um, so he calls his um, manager, who is actually Tony Schloop, and he grabs the lawyer. I do know like, who he is. <laughs> yeah, see? And I do love him. <laughs> Me too. Uh, basically the lawyer tells him that legally the hotel has to let him stay if the room is available and he requests it. Uh, I did read online that that's not necessarily the law in New York, uh, but they do have to accommodate if they have vacancies. That's kind of where they got this whole idea from. Uh, So Mike packs up and goes to the Dolphin. And when he arrives, the lady checking him in goes and grabs their hotel manager, Gerald Olin, played by Samuel L. Jackson. Amazing and job. Yeah. He's a great job in the character. He's really great, especially in the, uh, a scene later on um, in, the f- in the film. 
so he basically pulls him aside and says, you know, um, come into my office. Let's have a chat about this. And tells him, no, we've actually up- also upgraded you to the penthouse suite. We'll give you access to documents regarding the deaths in 1408. You can take photos in 1404. It's exactly the same layout. And then also tries to bribe him with an $800 bottle of cognac. <laughs> Right. And after all this, I'm like watching this. And also just their preference. There was at one point where um, Mike, the guy who's the writer, actually looks up like the Dolphin Hotel 1408. Like why you can't stay in there. And it just shows like this person died. This person died. This person killed himself. So if someone's like, here, I'll give you access to everything you want. I just don't want you to physically go to that room. I'd be like, thank you. I mean, if you're going through that much work, like... I mean, I get it as a horror movie, but at this point, 2007, you yourself have seen enough horror movies to know to heed warning. Like they say, thank you, sir. Thank you for the alcohol. I'm going to go stay in this room. I'm going to stay somewhere safe. But obviously, because Mike is a huge skeptic, he's like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think anything's going to happen to me. It's all coincidence. <laughs> and right. they talk about... Um, so uh, Olin says to him, the causes of death in 1408 range from heart attack, stroke, and drowning. And Mike's like, drowning? And he's like, yeah, one Mr. Grady Miller drowned in his chicken soup. <laughs> and he's like, how does that even happen? He's like, you tell me. <laughs> he's like, how indeed? But that me, I'd be like, what? Um, and then the first victim was Mr. Kevin O'Malley, who uh, was a sewing machine salesman, checked into the hotel the first week it opened in October 1912, And Mike's like, cut his own throat, right? And he's like, well, that's not the horrific part. Afterwards, in a fit of insanity, he tried to stitch himself back together using an old sewing needle before he bled to death. And I was like, that right there would have been the straw, the last straw for me. (laughs) I mean, like, thank you. Uh, Thank you for your hospitality. It's been great. Nice knowing (laughs) you. Call me a cab. Right. Like, I don't even actually want to stay here if I could just go through your, um, because I, I mean, I would want to go through the crime scene. Oh, I still want to see the documents. I want to see, I want to see it all, but I don't want to go there. (laughs) I don't want to be in there. I don't even want to be on the same floor. Put me on the bottom floor if you can. The basement. The basement. God, that sounds terrifying too. I just want to lay in the (laughs) lobby where all the people are and the lights are on. (laughs) I pull up a couch. I'm scared. Can you just give me a sleeping bag and let me sit here? Uh, Mike takes the documents, accepts the cognac, uh, but insists on staying in the room. So uh, Olin takes him upstairs, um, warning him um, that it's an evil fucking room. That's the quote. That's my favorite quote. It's the best quote of the whole movie, just so everyone knows. (laughs) Because, like, what we do understand is there's not necessarily... And this is what I love about King, uh, Stephen King's work, is that he makes inanimate objects so incredibly evil. Uh, yes. Christine with a car, 1408 with a room, um, The Shining with an entire hotel. Like, it's right. just so fantastic how he gives so much power to these things that we just take for granted and accept exist in our lives. It's so Right. Cool. He turns, yeah, he turns this whole place or thing into, like, an entire character on its own. Yeah. And it's like... I don't know, the way he's able to do that. And then even when he goes into the room, I mean, throughout the movie, so many things affect him or have different effects on him. And it's crazy. And one thing to mention is when he is talking to Gerald, the manager, he does point out that no one has lasted longer than an hour in this room. Yeah. And that um, he also says that um, because they use a, like the actual key, the original key for the room, Oh, um, oh yeah, I had that too. <laughs> his magnetic cards don't work. And he's like, I hope you don't have a pacemaker. 
<laughs> right. And Mike talks into his recorder and he says, general manager claims that the phantom in the room interferes. And he's like, I have never used the word phantom. He's like talking <laughs> like it's the room. But it's the room and there's not one particular thing that oh, right. it's the entire fucking room. <laughs> and that's, I think, where he's like, well, then what would you call it? And he's just like, an evil fucking room. I yeah. love their dynamic, too. They are just, they have such a great dynamic. Yeah. I love it. I think that I think really they'd... helps. It plays on everything. Yeah, I think they'd worked together on another film before this as well. So they've mm. they've actually, yeah, been um, co-stars together before this. So they obviously already have built that rapport and can and can work together really well. Right, and how to, like, kind of work off of each other. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Once inside the room, Mike pulls out his mini cassette recorder and uh, starts talking about how unremarkable the room is. So he's saying, you know, (laughs) there's uh, a sofa, a writing desk, a faux antique armoire, floral wallpaper. Um, He talks about um, thrift store paintings that are in the room. Um, One painting is an an old woman reading bedtime stories, kind of like a Whistler painting. Um, but he says a whistling knockoff <laughs> to a group of deranged children while another Madonna and child watch from the background. <laughs> I, was like, I do love how he explains things. It's so funny. Like I would say, I, I love I love a good horror movie that actually scares you, but then has those couple of scenes that kind of make you like laugh or giggle a little bit. Yeah. You're just like because the character themselves, like it's not that like the movie is like funny. But the character themselves are so cynical or whatever that it's just yeah. they're funny. I love and it. cynicism for me uh, make, is like a, a humor point. That's like a part of my humor and my my like morbid fascination with weird things is that I Same. like I am cynical <laughs> of them, but and I find humor in cynicism. It's yes, um, it's lots of fun. But he says the third and final painting, uh, painful the third and final painfully dull painting, the ever popular The Hunt. Horses, hounds, and constipated British lord. Some smartass spoke about the banality of evil. If that's true, then we've then we're, we've in the sec, uh, seventh circle of hell. So this is an ongoing thing that he talks about the circles of hell, which uh, we know from Dante's Inferno. Um, for mm-hmm. those who haven't read it, uh, I read it for a fucking literature class, and it did my head in. It's not that much fun. Uh, <laughs> it's I feel like. Right, I haven't read it, but I feel like so. I feel like it's been referenced so much yeah. in popular media that like everyone knows of it. Mm. <laughs> Even if you have no idea what it really is, you know of it. Yeah, especially I'm... if you watch true crime stuff. Like I feel like yes. I've heard about those fruit criminal minds, different yeah. movies, especially horror movies, all so many things. Uh, Parkway Drive reference it in their song uh, "Mutiny," so I think it says the 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 eight, the something circle of hell is reserved for betrayers and mutineers, and that's actually from Pirates of the Caribbean as well. So it's like really <laughs> uh, interesting. So a lot of people reference it. All right. Um, I love that he opens the mini bar and says eight dollars for beer nuts. This room is evil. <laughs> <laughs> I love. This, I love that there's anything in the mini fridge. I'm like, why? Okay, I get cleaning the room. That's fine. Why are we stocking the fridge? Because they're like, we only go up there, like the manager, like two, three maids or something, keep the door open, clean it for like 10 minutes, get out. Why are you wasting your products like this? I don't understand. And this man, you literally were trying to talk him out of staying there like five seconds ago. But then you put stuff in the beer fridge. Right. So no one put that in there for him to stay there because they didn't even, they didn't want him to stay there even like five minutes before him going up there so you just have a stock for who the ghost i don't understand like they just need to be drinking like eight 
Right. Does the room just get like pissed? And it's like, if this isn't stocked, <laughs> if you don't have my orange fan down, down here, I swear. I'm coming I'm down spreading to, to this whole freaking building. <laughs> it's like how you I keep the to... cancer in. <laughs> They're like, we gotta I get the nuts in there. At, um, I stayed at some hotel in Las Vegas and we took all of like the expensive stuff out of the bar fridge to put our own like snacks and drinks and stuff in. And then Mm. I had a massive bar tab and he's like, yeah, because our hotel rooms have sensors on the fucking bar fridge. So we know when you take things out and we charge your room. And I was like, oh, I put them all back. Right. I just wanted to put my cola in the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I just need the actual fridge room. Like, why are we putting things in it? I had like a, I had a cake from Whole Foods. Let me put it in there. Right. You're like, just have like a wine vending machine. So if someone wants wine, they can go to the vending machine and get it, but they have room for their stuff. It just makes sense. Well, every other hotel we'd stayed in didn't have anything in their fridges unless you ordered it from like room service and then they'd come and stock mm. your fridge. But yeah, I can't remember where I stayed at in Vegas. It's, oh, I stayed at the Venetian. They're like, what is this fancy shit? Get your stuff out of here. Yeah, I was like, fucking $200 for a bottle of champagne? Do they think I'm made of money? And then I was like, wait, I'm at the Venetian. This room costs $600 a night. Okay, All I right. get it. But I'm You're like, Vegas. I actually can't afford this because I'm staying here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this should really be on the house. <laughs> I really need to go down to the, uh, like, there was like an alcohol shop right across the road, like down the street a little bit. And it right. just had, like, you could, because I it blew my mind that you're allowed to drink on the street. And I was like, where am I? So I just went and bought, like, a one liter, because I love Bud Light. I, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I really like Bud Light. It's nice and refreshing. And it was, like, 40 degrees, which I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Um, I can't tell you either. It's cold. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. It was, like, uh, just above freezing. Degree, 104 degrees. <laughs> So I was like, I'm dying. I need a beer. Bud Light was awesome. I was drinking. Oh, yeah. It gave me really bad anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this place is bad. (laughs) But next time I go back, it'll be a lot more fun. (laughs) Yes. Now you know. Yeah. Now I know what to expect. Right. You're like, actually, I'm just going to brown bag it up here. (laughs) Like, I don't know what you guys are doing. (laughs) I feel bad. But yeah, that annoyed me. I like I like made a note of that. I'm like, what is this waste of money? I can't imagine. Yeah. That's gonna ex- maybe it's expired products and they're just like, well, it's gonna stay in there. Now. Maybe. They're just like, we aren't gonna spend the time to clean out the fridge. No. Um while Mike is sitting and taking notes, he noticed that the room starts to get really hot and he checks out the thermostat to notice that it's broken. So he calls the front desk to have it fixed. And I love that um he's not only says the room's on fire. Uh, which is really interesting because of the end of the film. Um, but he's, she's like, yeah, we'll send an engineer up straight away. And he's like, what? Really? Right. Okay. Cool. When I first was, well, I, first of all, I have the worst memory. So like, even though I've seen this so many times, I, it's like, I'm still watching for the first time. So I'm like, wait, is this a real person answering or a ghost? And I'm like, wait, let me. Let me see, like, when this person comes up to check if it's, like, someone in, like, an old outfit, because that's usually telling. But it wasn't. <laughs> he was no. just, like, uh, I, I love how the guy treated him, because, again, as I said, Mike, in the beginning, actually throughout most of it, is just, like, a straight-up a-hole to people. So yeah. when the guy comes up, and he's just, like, any idiot can fix this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, like, thank you. 
Thank you, good sir. <laughs> but while he's actually waiting for the engineer to come up, he's investigating the room with a blue light, and we see these really cool, um, like, flashes of people who have died in the room. Like, obviously, Mike doesn't see them, but it's kind of like something for us to know what's gone on in the room. And I just found that really cool because they do that throughout the entire film. Yeah, I do love that. I love the flashbacks and, like, showing, I don't know, even, like, the pictures when he was, when uh, the manager was showing him all the different people and showing kind of scenes from what he was describing and stuff. It's always, it just adds to the, adds to the movie. Yeah, it's really fascinating because, um... The, the the director and the art team well the art production team post-production team just created just some really cool um elements to the film that made it that extra extra spooky supernatural right i completely agree i loved it <laughs> uh so the engineer arrives he refuses to go into the room tells mike any idiot can fix it uh, helps him from the door and Mike turns away to fix the thermostat. But when he turns around, the man has like disappeared. He's like, oh, I'm going to give you a tip. And the guy's right. Gone. He like ran. <laughs> he's yeah, like, he's I'm like, out of ah. here. He's See like, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all I can think, like literally, like this is just every horror movie trope is that like every time someone like, let's go to this haunted place. It's always like the white friend. And that's what I li- I was like, he's just like white people. Like, and he just like ran. He's like, why are you in this room? Why are you in this room? And I'm like, see if I can literally <laughs> always. <laughs> he's like, so dumb. I love that. Uh, Mike's sitting on the bed, having a drink and the, the clock radio blares. Uh, it's a carpenter's song. Um, it plays throughout the whole thing. I can't remember the name of the song. Why didn't I had it written down? Um, I've had this song stuck in my head all freaking day. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh. I had it written down. Oh well. Uh, I also. Oh, it's such a. Oh, we only just begun. Yeah. Somehow, so many roads to choose. It's that I've been, I've been literally like in that creepy radio voice because, like, it's an old radio too. Yeah. And it goes off and it's like, we only just begun. And it's like, That's oh my so gosh, creepy. so freaking weird. Stop and just that. keeps playing that same, like, like few parts over and over again, really loud. Stop. <laughs> uh. Um, so. When he turns the clock off, the display flickers and changes to read 60 minutes, then starts counting down, which I was like, oh, now shit's getting right. real. Right. When you only have an hour. And I love, and then I almost kind of wonder, so I wonder if like, because I, I would imagine since this room is so evil and so powerful that it would have, and as we will see that it knows like a lot of stuff about Mike. So I'm guessing yeah. it knows the conversation that Mike and the manager had. So I feel like that's why it was like, yeah, no one lasts an hour. You're definitely not going to last an hour. You conceited little We're going to show man. you why. <laughs> right. We're going to show you the so exact when it that, time. And then with the window too, it just drove me nuts. Like he was hanging out the window, first of all. And I'm like, my anxiety. Like, boy, get back in. Like, he wasn't just like peeking out. He had like half his body out the window. Because yeah, he's lost and his hearing, like, hasn't he? Right. He just like, you could fall yeah. straight down. And I think oh, that yeah. was, he. well, he hangs out the window like three times or four times. Oh, yeah. And so the first time when it. the radio goes <laughs> off, he hits his head and he pulls in. And then the thing, no, that was the just window. when he hit his head. No, this is where the window slams down on his hand. Oh, yeah, okay. There were so many times. I was like, get I out know. of the <laughs> You're just like, okay, which window scene was this? <laughs> right. The windows are really significant to the film. They are. The windows are everything. 
but um so he uh his art like hand is cut open so he runs into the bathroom to wash uh his hands and then the water just like steams boiling hot water out um and which damages his hand even more (laughs) uh his hero comes back and then he's like bandaging up his hand with like a random bandana that he had in his bag and so he just looks really like haggard at this point because he's just like oh fuck this so So many things are happening him all at one time (laughs) yeah he, it's so he calls the front desk and he's like I, I, I need to go because uh, it says when he calls uh, the operator on the phone says are you ready to check out and he's like yeah I want to go to the fucking hospital <laughs> like <laughs> my hand is cut open it's burnt <laughs> like, right. from water let me out of here um, so when he tries to leave the room um his key breaks off in the door and he manages to unlock it but then the doorknob falls off and he's stuck in the room right and And at that point i'd be like (laughs) right i'm like okay i'm done and at this point too i think just before that that's when the radio started playing again and he rips the radio out of the wall so it's not plugged in and it's still going and he's like what the heck and i think when he first got on the phone because i think it was ringing for him and she's like, did you get your sandwiches? Did you order these sandwiches? Yeah. And like your macaroni and cheese or whatever. And he's like, what? And he's, that's when he's like freaking out. Like, it's my hand. And she's like, my so you don't want sandwiches. the macaroni and cheese? <laughs> and I'm like, nobody's listening to me about my hand. What the fuck? Right. I just wanted, I just wanted the manager to get on there and be like, I thought you could handle it. <laughs> yeah, that would have been so good. Um... So this is probably one of the creepiest parts for me because um, he opens the window and he's calling out to somebody in the building across from him. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you, you. And when he focuses, he realizes that the man opposite him is him. And I was like, oh, get the fuck out. I literally preference this part with ew, all caps. (laughs) I was like, ew, there's a person across in the building. And it's him. Because <laughs> he just, like, is doing the same motions. And then all of a sudden he picks up that lamp and puts it in his face. And I'm like, done. He done. Knows and, him. and that's when, Fuck. oh my god. And this freaking, this person always freaks me out. That's when he jumps yeah. back from the window. It's always the window. Very significant. And that freaking man with the pickaxe <laughs> yeah, comes at comes him. At him. Yeah. It scares me every single time. I'm like, this man's pickaxe. Me. Like, we're done. And he's Always. got like a, uh, his face is a little bit distorted. I don't know if he's wearing, mm-hmm. a, I think he's wearing a mask of some kind. Right. That's why I wasn't sure either. Cause he has like weird hair and a weird, yeah. so I don't know if, you don't really if it's supposed face. to be a person that something happened to him, like maybe like yeah. a burn or something, or if it's just, doesn't really matter that like his face is just supposed to be distorted to add for the yeah. scare factor. I'm not really sure. Yeah, but he does scare me. So. me oh, every time it gets me and I'm like, oh. All right. um, and he always comes in a jump scare too. I'm like, man yeah. the pickaxe. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, Mike <laughs> begins to see and hear things, including um, a vision of his daughter's time in hospital shortly before his her death. Um, so I know this because there's a couple of like flashback visions that he has of his daughter, mm-hmm. and it's so heartbreaking because now we're starting to realize, oh, we get why Mike is the way that he is. Right, it all starts to add up a little bit, and I that part I'm yeah. just like, oh, like I don't know. I mean, it's such a it becomes such a significant part that I kind of forgot about it. I haven't watched this movie in a while. 
Yeah, and I was I like, how important it is. Right, like, I kind of forgot what was happening behind just, like, the jump scares and the scary parts of it. Like, I was like, yeah. oh my god, like, it was just, it was, it's, yeah, it's pretty sad. And the thing is, like, Stephen King has such an innate ability to make his story so incredibly heartbreaking. Like, mm-hmm. it breaks my heart, it chapter two breaks my heart. <laughs> Um, Christine breaks my heart. Carrie the breaks same. my heart. Like all of these. Like films, it makes I'm me just like. <laughs> I like jump and cry. Uh, I'm like I'm terrified and feel so bad for you. The Shining. I'm like stop it. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah, I um, I've only just I've watched a lot of his films, but I haven't read mm-hmm. a lot of his books, and I'm starting to to read them now i'm reading billy summers at the moment but that's more like a true crime not a true crime a crime mystery but i um, I have also later which is a small it's like a shorter book that he wrote last year oh that's cool i've told myself this summer that i would get into it but now we're in fall and i never got into it so (laughs) read dr sleep i'm also reading that at the moment i'm about halfway through it's i need to watch that movie i actually saw today and i was like i was like i'm gonna watch this tomorrow (laughs) watch dr sleep you haven't seen it yet no, I haven't. Oh, I, I have oh this thing. God. Well, Yay. with my channel, I've been watching more stuff. But yeah, but I have this thing where like, I don't know why. I think it's just because it's so hyped up that I like don't want to watch yeah. it and then it let me down. So I no, let it go it for like two years. It I watch won't. everything like two years later, but oh, I will watch it. <laughs> watch uh, Netflix has the director's cut, I believe. Maybe. I'm not too sure. It's it's so worth it. Like I have a I have two friends that we're actually all getting matching Doctor Sleep tattoos. <laughs> I love that. It looks it looks really. I have to wait really... till I get to the States. I was like, you guys wait till I get there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't do it without me. <laughs> We're all going to go to the same I, place and do it. I have a question for you about this yeah. movie, 1408. Sure. So I swear, I watched this like first time like when I was like a teenager or whatever. Yeah. I swear that there was a part, and it might be the uncut version, because I, I, just, I just find it wherever I can stream it. Yeah. And I swear there was an uncut version where there was like a man or a woman or somebody in a tub and it was like bloody and they like, he moved the curtain and there was a person in there bleeding and screaming. Maybe. I Do you remember? I like, I swear this is a thing. And that was like one of the scariest parts. And then every time I've watched the movie after, it's You're not like in there. for it. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> yes. in the version I saw. I was, right, me neither. And I was like, I swear, like, it's almost like it was like a fever dream or something. I'm like, I know that this was in there. And I'm like, and then I'm like, was this like a different like reality, like like a multiverse or something? Like where it was in this one, and then somehow I went to a new reality and it's not in this one. Because I want to go back to the old reality because it was way freaking cooler. That. I don't know. Maybe it's it, maybe it was the director's cut. I, I think there DVD is a director's cut point. version. I need. To, I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna DVD. find it. I'm gonna buy both yeah. of them. I'm gonna watch them. Do it. And then I'm gonna make a whole thing about it. <laughs> Let <laughs> me know. The people know. I want to see. The people it need to know. Everybody needs to know. Also, right. if you know, let us know. Yes, please. And then also, I'm like, so then I think, like, what else was different in that movie? Because I saw it when I was a teenager, yeah. so I don't remember. I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, was... there could be this way better version out there that we aren't seeing. And that's I've such a letdown for us. What the heck? <laughs> They're depriving us of this. Right. I'm so glad we I had to bring this up. I've been thinking about this for years. I'm just like, what happened? What happened? I'm going to Google it after and, ask, like, see if it's a deleted scene. Um... So he's having these hallucinations and I love how he is incredibly like dismissive of them. He's like, no, uh, right. the general manager has dosed me. Um, he right, his alcohol. He was like, this is the... why he gave me this nice alcohol. He put drugs yeah. in it. <laughs> he thinks people are hiding in the cupboards and in the vents and he's like yelling in the vents at them. And um, However, a video of his daughter and wife start playing on the television. 
and it's so heartbreaking um, because it's like a really happy moment in his life. And when he touches the screen, his it's like his daughter is interacting with his hand on the screen. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's too much for me. Like I'm a I'm a daddy's girl. Like that Yeah. Like I my dad and I are best friends. And that's mainly because I just don't have a relationship with my mother. But I mean, but like the thought of my dad losing me. <laughs> right. That's why I was like, like watching this. <laughs> And I'm like, I forgot how sad this is. Yeah. Like, I forgot how much. And it just, like, kind of gets worse. <laughs> like, it doesn't yeah. matter. It gets scarier and it gets more sad. And you're like, I don't know, like, what how I'm supposed to feel right now. But I'm terrified and kind of depressed. And then I'm like, why is this one of my favorite movies? Yeah. <laughs> what is oh, wrong with just, me? <laughs> it's beautiful storytelling. Yeah. It is. In the end. Um, after the video cuts off, he sees a man walk across the room, climb up onto the windowsill, and just jump out the window. And when he jumps out the window, he then sees a woman in like the room across who is walking across the room sobbing and then jumps out the window in the other room. And I do wish I was like, that the what? characters look different. <laughs> oh, really? I I don't they're so they're very staticky for people who haven't yeah. seen it or don't want to watch it. They're very staticky looking and I just kind of like I don't know, I think um after just watching other horror movies, which I not that everything needs to be the exact same, but like I think of like right now popped in my head anything for Jackson. Like okay, it has yeah. kind of people like that that are like dead and they like are traumatizing to me. That was actually the other movie I thought about talking about one here because like I freaking love that oh, movie. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> but I know I was like, I was like, oh, I almost thought about changing, but I was like, it's too late, but it's fine. But um, I, I almost wish they were scarier. Like I wish it was actually showed them like, I don't know, more mangled or something. That sounds terrible, but <laughs> the horror fans get it. <laughs> we get but it. They, but, but they're just staticky, and I'm like, I feel like they could have done more with that. But then again, I don't yeah. know, like, budget and stuff. Or maybe that's just how they wanted it to look. I don't know. Yeah, but I just, I, I, for me, I wanted more, like, gory and, like, the kind of, like, the the makeup of it, you know? Yeah. It might have been how King wrote it into his book, that they were kind of, yeah. like, because Probably. he was just watching a television, and now, like, there's people that look like a television screen. I don't right, know. That it, makes it sense. It was an interesting uh, aesthetic choice, for sure. Yeah, so I saw, I was kind of like, that kind of, I don't know, for me, it was kind of like, ah, that wasn't, it wasn't, be way more scary if they, like, were also more terrifying, and then also jumping out, but I get what you're saying, so if it's an adaptation of a story, it depends how it was written. Limited. I just wanted to point out that little tidbit. (laughs) I want go! (laughs) Right. Well, that, I mean, yeah, my favorite things are, like, Eli Roth and Rob Zombie, so. (laughs) Oh, fair enough. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm like, I want their eyeballs hanging out. Like, I don't understand. Why do they look like normal? <laughs> Why are your eyeballs still in your head? Um, <laughs> in the next, uh, in the room next door, a baby starts to cry. And Mike bangs on the wall to tell them to be quiet. The crying just intensifies until it's like a blaring siren almost, uh, which causes like Mike to hit the ground and like um, he covers his head. Uh, paintings are falling off the wall and then it just stops. And I was like, which is like what he deserves for literally hitting a wall for a baby. Like, first of all, his baby's already crying. Like, yeah. hey, boy, calm down. Drink some more drink. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> like, take a nap. Pillow over your head. Go to sleep. Right. Like, get some earmuffs. Sorry about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I would say that when we, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. When we first saw uh, when when he first was walked to the room before he went into the room, and we saw that woman and the baby in there, like the yeah. way the like whenever you see 
a creepy baby crib stroller, whatever, bad. you know that something's off. Like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, this is bad news bears over here. Like, don't trust it. <laughs> I don't, because he also saw her in the lobby. Yeah. So that was, um, like, so then to have her, like, next door to him, it's like, what does this all mean? I said that out. caught off guard because I didn't actually notice that she was in the lobby. I was like, yeah. yeah. And I'm, like, thinking, like, she was in the lobby. I just saw when she was going in the room, and I'm like, mm-mm, no, honey. But I think maybe the lobby I just didn't notice because, like, there was all kinds kind of oh, people there. Oh, there's heaps of people there. So many um, people. Which is where he should have been sleeping, with all the people. With the people <laughs> and the lights on. Like, blaring right. lights. And police readily available. And a taxi. Right, an ambulance right ready to take care of his hand. <laughs> he needed lots of things. He did not eat a sandwich, and he did not need macaroni and cheese. Sorry I about it. I would have loved macaroni and cheese, though. That would have made his night a little bit better. I mean, let's not lie. Yeah, I mean, he's had a few drinks. Who doesn't need a mac and cheese when you've had a few beers? Right. $800 glasses of cognac. <laughs> we love that. Uh, when Mike looks up from the ground, he sees a light um, shining from a room uh, or the bathroom or a room that wasn't there to begin with. Um, right. I think it's the bathroom, actually, now that I think about it. When he walks into the room, he sees his father sitting in a wheelchair in a hospital bathroom. And he approaches his father and all he says to him is, as I was, you are, as I am, you will be. And this is a quote from the Roman um, poet Horace, and it's talking about death. So he mm-hmm. is basically saying to his son, I am dead, you are going to be dead. Like, once I was alive, you were alive now, I'm now dead, you will be dead. So I found that really fascinating. I did too. I, I, do, I, li- I really like those family scenes because it, like, yeah. It drew you back into, like, the character and what was going on in his life and, I don't know, just kind of, I don't know, it kind of made you feel more connected to him, especially yeah. since, like, at least I thought he was just an a-hole throughout the whole beginning, so, like, anything could have happened to him and I'd be like, R.I.P., no one cares. But then yeah. as it slowly shows, like, his daughter and his wife and his father, and now you start to understand, like, his dad's dying, like, all these different things happen in his family dynamic, and you start to actually feel bad for him and kind yeah. of... Yeah, I don't know. He's trying to cope with grief and loss, and um, he does go through all the stages of grief through the film. So he's in denial, then it's uh, Mm -hmm. anger, and then like accepting. So he does go through all the stages of grief while he's stuck in fourteen oh eight. So poor guy. Good for him. (laughs) He needed that. He he needed this. He should have gone to therapy, but. Right. Well, (laughs) he's the kind of guy that he can do therapy. He just wants a haunted hotel. To ruin his entire night for... Well, I guess really just ruin it for not very long. Other people. <laughs> not that I want to ruin anything. I was going to say, but... ruin the hotel for other people? Or... <laughs> right. he does that as well. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of ruins everything. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so he speak, he's speaking to his recorder and he's talking about how he thinks he might be having a nightmare. Um, because he can't remember when he went to bed, so it's possible that he's having a dream. And he's like, can people die in their dreams? And he's like, not making a lot of sense at this point either. He's like, right, he's like, he's like, am I real? Is this real? Am I real? Do I exist? I'm like, yeah. maybe you're on the the the, uh, the other uh, plane where this movie's different. <laughs> yeah, that's where Stephen you ended King up. writes about that. He writes about alternate <laughs> right. universes and stuff. I mean, that's totally normal. Exactly. Um, Who knows? I love that he looks up and he decides he's going into the vent because that'd be the last place I'd go. All kinds of stuff right. happening in air vents. No. I agree. At first, I, th- I mean, he definitely thought someone might be in the vent. Like, cause, like you said, he checked all these places. He checked the whole room. So he's like, maybe someone's in the vent. But then he also tries to escape through the vent. And I'm like, no, thank you. Like, I don't know. I would say <laughs> I made a note. 
my one thing is, is like, so at this point in time, like it's been a few minutes, it's been at least 15 minutes or so he's been in this room. Why is this manager not checking on him? Like this manager literally knows he's going to find his dead body. And he literally was like, if you go, you're going at your own risk. Like I'm not checking. I'll check on you in two hours. Yeah, like, I'll check on you in the morning. I went home. <laughs> I'm like, I you're not going to send anybody to check on this man. That's what I kept thinking. I'm like, why is no one just, like, knock, knock? Like, are you, are you dead okay? yet? Are you okay? Like, <laughs> do you need help? Nope. He was just like, I told you. I warned you. Bye. I'm going to sleep. Uh, I mean, he probably went and had a nice dinner. He went and, like, read his kids a bedtime story. He slept great that night. <laughs> I wouldn't be not able care. to sleep. I would be like, I've locked a man in for his death. Right, that's what I was, That's how I feel. I wouldn't even want to go home. But he was just like, I told him. <laughs> he literally was like, here, get drunk so you don't feel it. That's what he did. Sorry about that. You're right. Don't worry. Um, so while he's crawling in this air vent, he crawls, he can hear the baby crying. So he crawls in to like the room next door. And he's like, hey, let me in. Like, open the vent, let me in. I was like, why wouldn't you just punch the vent? Anyway, uh, like, kick, right. kick, kick it out, go down. Um, and when the woman below him looks up, it is his wife, Lily. And I was ew, like, when, she looked, when she looked Fuck straight up, up, I was like, ew. That, like, freaked me out. I don't know why. I'm like, who does that? Like, stop. I mean, I get why. But, like, first he moved, and he could, like, kind of tell that it was, like, his daughter or whatever, I feel like, because yeah. he backed up. But then she, like, looked straight up, like, real quick. And I was like, ooh, I hate that runaway. <laughs> I hate it. I hate the fact that he's also then chased by one of the ghosts of 1408. <laughs> yes, and he has, like, I actually, no, I'm lying to you. I was about to say, when I first saw him, he gave me vibes of, like, Haunting Connecticut, where they put, like, the coins on the eyes. But it's actually his glasses, and they're just really dirty. But when I first oh. saw him, I was like, ew, he has coin eyes. And I was, like, freaking out. And then I was like, oh, it's just his glasses. He's just old, and he's been up there for a while. <laughs> he's just dusty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the coin eyes just always, like, you see that in The Conjuring. You see that in The Haunting Connecticut. The coin eyes just, like, I don't know why, but they freak me out. Yeah. It's because they shine. Ugh. But prior, actually, prior to this scene, uh, Mike has another hallucination of his family um, because, and they're in um, a doctor's office and Lily's saying, you know, there's other things because um, uh, they find out that their daughter has cancer. Um, and It just keeps getting more depressing, people. We're sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. They're talking with the oncologist or maybe, you know, there's something else we can do here. There's more. Um, and he... Um, basically looks over and they uh, he sees her, his daughter, Katie, laying on an examination table. And when he whispers her name, she looks straight at him. And basically the entire room goes black and there's like red lights and we hear her say, Daddy, I can't see you. And I was like, oh. Yeah, that was so sad. That like, ugh, every time I saw Katie, it like broke my heart a little bit more. And I'm yeah. like, this poor man, he's just traumatized in every kind of way. But again, he won't go to therapy. He's being rude to people. It's what he needed. He needed this room. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will die on the hill. I, I will it die. was good yes. for him. It, it helped. Um, he also calls his wife, um, but it gets shut down when the sprinkler system turns on and basically shorts out his laptop. So he's like, oh, fuck. And the whole time she's just like, Mike, Mike, what do you want? What do you want? And he's like, 
help me, to please call nine one one. Like if someone tells you they need help and call nine one one, regardless of what's happened in your past, just do it. Just listen to them. Just do it. You're the only person they can reach out to. Sorry about it. No one cares about what he's been doing the last five years of his life. He's not ready for a chit chat. He's bleeding. He's almost in tears. <laughs> call the police. I don't understand. Call the cops. Stop. <laughs> and at one stop point in time, him. Right. And at one point in time, the ice pick man must have jumped back because I literally put all caps. That motherfucker with the ice pick. <laughs> oh, because this is actually where he goes up into the vent and is chased by the man with the ice pick. Right. I think. I think when he jumps. I think when he jumps back down, so he's chased with the man he with the glasses. In. Yeah. Right. He falls in, and then the man with the ice pick, and I'm like, yeah. I'm going to have a heart attack right here. <laughs> yeah. And then we also right see on the walls the words burn me alive written on it. And at this point, the yes. windows have bricked in. Yes. And he also, at one point, there was the map. And it just showed, like, a regular map. Like, <laughs> if like, there's a fire drill, da-da-da. And he <laughs> leaves. The windows brick in. He goes back. And it's just like, you are here. You are the only room. Everything else is black. And I'm like, that's terrifying. Like, if you're ah. claustrophobic, done. <laughs> You're fucked. Um, so he goes looking for more booze, I think, at this point. I mean, is the appropriate action at this point. I would need a beer after the falling <laughs> through an air vent. Oh, everything's probably expired. Right. Everything's probably expired at this point. Don't so like it's juice. just gonna make you sick. Now you're just gonna have food poisoning and then <laughs> being chased and having visions of your dead daughter and your life is just R.I.P. <laughs> Right. Um, oh, and so Mike says to the fridge, it's good to be back. Uh, that's enough of that alcohol. And when he opens the fridge, he sees Olin in it. Yes. The manager. <laughs> and he says, I was just checking to see if the accommodations are exceeding your expectations. And Mike says, <laughs> you know, goddamn well they are. What do you want from me? <laughs> and he's like, no, what do you want? What do you want, Mr. Enslin? You sought this room. He's like, I was just doing a job. I'm a writer. And Olin says, oh, that's right. You don't believe in anything. You like shattering people's hopes. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? For fun? No, it's a prospect. That's something after death. How many spirits have you broken? And Mike, like, starts attacking the fridge and, like, ripping everything out, ripping the fridge apart. And he's like, what do you want from me, huh? What do you want? And he's like, I want my drink. <laughs> and he's like, fucking angry. Right. He's like, I didn't open this for a lecture. I opened this for alcohol. <laughs> like, don't I just even start. A beer. <laughs> oh, right. He's like, now you're talking to me about death and afterlife, and this is too much. <laughs> he's like, I just got chased by a man with the dirty glasses and another man with an ice pick and a messed up face. My, my wife's is yelling at me with my baby. <laughs> All right, looking at me creepy, and then I call her on the freaking <laughs> laptop, and she just yells at me. She doesn't care. She just yells at me. She won't even call an ambulance for my hand. She's like, he's like, I showed it to her and everything. <laughs> she saw the blood. She didn't care. You saw it wrapped in a bandana. You didn't give a shit. <laughs> All Jackson's really I love this film. I really do like this film. It's really I know fun. it's so good. It's such a good one. And so he experiences another flashback with his uh, wife and daughter and she's um, laying in a hospital. I think she's pretty sick at this point. And they're talking about heaven and Katie tells Mike that everybody dies. You know, like, Dad, where I'm going is fine. You know, will God be there? Will will my friends be there? And, you know, they're ex- they're explaining that old people, only old people die. Uh, I think they're trying to give her a lot of hope and 
that she's going to be okay. Um, yeah, I think they're worried that if they don't give her hope, she'll, like, give up. But Yeah. I mean, that little girl's such a strong little girl. Like, she's, like, the strongest character in this whole thing. Yeah. Like, she's just, like, I, I understand. Like, she's, I'm like, I get it's it. Cool. Right. She's, like, you guys told me that, like, people are there for me. Like, God's real. Like, there's some kind yeah. of afterlife, at least. Yeah. And now he's sitting here, like. There. Cool. I got right. hope now. Uh, but after losing their daughter, we see a scene where Lily and Mike are arguing. He's uh, telling her that they should have done more and made her stronger instead of filling her eye like her head with stories of God. He opens the front door and as he leaves, tells her that he's going to get cigarettes. And that's actually the point that he doesn't come back. Right. <laughs> he just gets up and leaves. He moves from New York over to fucking LA. See you later. That's like such a classic, like, dad went to go get milk. <laughs> Like, I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'll be back. Never returns. Sorry, I'm out. He's like, they were actually out of cigarettes here and I had to travel. And then I was just so far away. I had to just, I just like, put come down back. roots. I just stayed. I'm sorry. I he was like, it was just back. nicer here. The people over here are better. I like it. They're progressive. Let's. The I rent's cheaper? I don't know what to tell rent's... you. He's like, it's really all about that. You know how much chemo is? Damn, bitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> Taking up all the buns, not even caring. <laughs> uh, it's I laugh because chemo's free in Australia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I laugh because I'm from America. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know that feeling of chemo costing a million dollars. Oh uh, yeah, you have to be rich to live. <laughs> Sorry huh. about it. I mean, every system is about the same, right? Right. Our system does work that way as well. So if you're rich, you get access to much better facilities and private rooms and better oncologists and our socialist uh, medicine will just get to you when they can. Oh, right. They're like, like, it's here for you as long as you're still alive. <laughs> yeah. Ex- yes. I mean, cancer, right. obviously, you get a uh, higher priority. But um, yeah, like my sister's medication that she's on is a $15,000 a year medication that she doesn't have to pay for. So... That's awesome. That's crazy, though. Medication yeah. substance of <laughs> and, 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 and I like I complain when my medication goes up, and my medication at the moment is like fifteen dollars a month, and I'm like, oh, they raised it by two dollars. <laughs> the audacity! And then right. I was like, I could be somewhere where it could cost me two hundred dollars a month, but it doesn't. Right. You're like that was um, my cigarettes. Like <laughs> what I had to go get. <laughs> you don't even know because cigarettes are like fifty dollars Australian a packet here here <laughs> here cigarettes are cheap but healthcare is expensive but you don't tax your cigarettes i don't think there's taxes on cigarettes um only like yeah, your local tax our right. cigarettes are taxed at like 60 percent. so that's insane ours yeah. if that happened there'd be a riot <laughs> they're I mean, literally it used to be that cheap but they were like hey we can make money off people smoking and our booze is taxed through the wazoo so that is crazy yeah Maybe not uh, crazy, maybe good. I don't know. Maybe good. I think it ever, like <laughs> deters people. Uh, definitely, right. I would not pick up smoking again. I'd be broke. Yeah. I, I feel was that. like two packets a week. <laughs> like, that's $100. I can't do that. But yeah, that's crazy. I've never ah. smoked. Wouldn't pick it up. Definitely would not be picking it up in Australia. <laughs> 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 I feel like at that point, you just like, you're basically just showing how rich you are. <laughs> you're like, I smoke cigarettes. You're like, Damn! Oh. 
kind of bougie. Yeah, exa- that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> what are you smoking? Oh, I smoke Benson and Hedges. Oh, you got money, do you? <laughs> you bet. Um, the temperature in the room drops below zero and the room basically becomes like this ice box Uh, Mike sets himself up, he's wrapped in a blanket and has a small fire going and he talks about the circles of hell as in Dante's Inferno so he's talking about like the deepest circles of hell would be like this, Um, it'd be this cold it'd be this horrible Um, hate to break it to you hell doesn't exist um (laughs) Sorry about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I feel that. I do love how he explains things, though. When he's on his little tape recorder, like, I love... Yeah. Like, you could tell, like, obviously a writer wrote it, but you could tell, like, he's a writer, like, the character, because he's just so descriptive, and I just love that. Yeah. Because so Portrait Away was originally a short story that's that King wanted to put in his book um, on writing. Like, I, I've got the book here somewhere, but it's talking about how to edit a story and get it drafted. And then he liked mm-hmm. it so much that he's like, mm, no, I'm going to actually turn this into a short story. <laughs> I love that. I'm glad he's he like, I'm going to keep this. <laughs> All right. He's like, this is I'm great. This is gold. It. People yeah, are going to exactly. love it. People are going to make mm-hmm. podcasts about it. <laughs> People are going to write a, make a movie about it. Right. And that's probably more important than. <laughs> yeah. I guess this, this comes after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I kind of assumed the movie. <laughs> the movie existed. Don't worry about it. In this version of our universe. Oh God, I would never see it then. I would know nothing about it <laughs> if there wasn't a movie. If it was just the book or just the short I, story, yeah, no, I, would... I wouldn't know either. I'm gonna have to hunt <laughs> down the short story. I might have it on. Um, I've got a heap of his short stories on audiobooks, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna see if it's on. That's what I need to hit up audiobooks. Mm-hmm. I don't want to listen that. to any of them. <laughs> I, just I get them. that. <laughs> I collected them and this is as far as I've gotten. Yeah. But at least you have them. Yeah. So and then when you I do want to credit. do it, it's already there. Every month on Audible, I get a new credit. I get a new Stephen King book that I'm not going to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Love that for you. I'm fucking hopeless. Um, <laughs> so he, all of a sudden, his laptop starts working again and he can hear Lily calling out to him via the video chat. She uh, basically is telling them, hey, the police are there. There so she did actually care about the hand. Full circle. Yeah, so I guess she, because he's like, did you call the police? And she's like, yeah, they're there. They're in 1408. But the room And she says it's so obvious. Like, you were being a bitch, lady. You were like, Mike, don't bother me at work. And then the second round, she's like, obviously I did, Mike. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, this is the reason you guys aren't together. <laughs> yeah. But she, but in the first video chat, she's like, you just left. Um, are we divorced? Are we separated? Like, we don't know what's going on. What the hell? Why are you bothering me? Right, he's like, call the police. (laughs) Call the cops. Uh, She's like, but are you divorcing me or not, Mike? (laughs) These are the questions. (laughs) These are the important things. The cops are there. Are we divorced? (laughs) (laughs) I did call the cops, but (laughs) what are we? (laughs) Are we we still married? I don't know. (laughs) He's like, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to make it through the night because I'm being actually traumatized right now and tortured. I think I might die. She's Um, like, you better not die before you tell me. (laughs) (laughs) God forbid. (laughs) She I will know. come to that hotel and kill right. me myself. She's like, I need to tell my now boyfriend <laughs> what we are. No, we don't. We know not. We don't have any idea. We don't know about that. I'm assuming <laughs> she she better moved on. She deserves better. Mike's a douche. <laughs> Sorry about it. <laughs> Lily, move on. It's okay. Right. Um. But yeah. So she tells them the cops are there. The rooms are empty. Um. All of a sudden, his doppelganger 
uh, hijacks the conversation, <laughs> urging Illy, Lily to come to the hotel immediately and just don't don't go to concierge, don't check in, just come straight up, don't talk to anybody. And Mike is like, no, what the fuck, do not do that. And she's like, okay, I'm on my way, ends the call. And Mike's doppelganger looks at him and winks. Before and the fact like, that she listens to the doppelganger, they're not actually Mike. <laughs> She's yeah. like, okay, it's fake Mike. That looks nothing like the person that's called me the first few times. I'll do exactly what you say, even it sounds, even though it sounds so sketchy. Oh, and then, oh, but Mike, are we actual, real Mike, are we divorced? <laughs> right. So, like, Mike, do you know the answer? Because I really need to know. These are hard-hitting questions. But first of all, so one thing is, like, obviously this room is definitely bringing people in to tri- yeah. kill. Because I'm pretty sure this room is probably what sent Mike the yeah, absolutely. thing to begin with. It came from them and it was like, don't oh. stay here. Hoo-hoo, we know you're a douche and you're going to want to stay here. And then also with Lily is like, no, just avoid everyone. Pass go. Come straight up here. <laughs> like, so yeah. we know that. And then also on the call, she literally is like, um, he's like, did you call the cops? Da, da, da. She's like, Mike, I called the cops. They're up there and there's no one in the room. That was on that call. The same call, right? Where she says, yeah. yeah. And so she's like, she's like, they're there right now. There's no one in the room. And he's sitting here in the room. The room's like fucking torn up. It's, it's a snowy blizzard, I think, at this point still. And he's just sitting here like dying. He's got ice <laughs> on his beard. Yeah, because he has the blanket and he's like, he like burned up. First of all, he burned up the documents that the freaking Gerald gave him, <laughs> the manager. And I was like, rude. I, mean, I hope he had doubles. Oh, because he had I hope he photocopied those. And he, like, threw them in the fire. And I'm like, there's all this furniture and that's what you're going to burn? The victim's information? Like, you rude. And he's burning playing cards. Like, they're going to do anything. I'm like, that is a you could have started... Right. You could have started the fire with the playing cards. You could have used the furniture. You did not need to do that. And then half the pictures were just spread out around the floor. And they weren't even in... I'm like, disrespectful. <laughs> I love this movie, but I hate Mike. I hate watch Mike. I just love it because I love watching the room torture Mike. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's what I'm here for. So disrespectful, um, so rude. I love this scene because after the video, he <laughs> trashes the laptop. <laughs> He's so fucking angry. Right. <laughs> He's like, my only form of communication. Gone. Oh, I don't fucking care anymore. He's um, like, I hate other Mike. <laughs> He's a douche. He's probably actually a nice guy. I might like probably, other Mike. You know what? He's probably nicer than real Mike. He was probably inviting Lily up for a nice dinner. Yeah. A cognac? We didn't know. Yeah, exactly. We, we didn't know, know what he was going to do. He might have proposed he was like, to her. Right. He's like, we're actually still in a relationship, Lily. We're he's like, actually still this. married. <laughs> and now you're in this other multiverse of a room <laughs> that no one can see. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> I get it now. I get it. <laughs> um, so the room begins to shake violently and the interior starts to crack before it explodes with water and um, Mike's pulled under the surface. Uh, we see Mike wake up on the beach. Uh, the same exact surfing incident that we saw at the start of the film. He's still in his Psycho um, Psycho 1 wetsuit. The same dude looks over him and asks him if he's okay. So we're kind of like, uh, what's going on here? Right, you're like, did he just dream all this? On or the beach? what is happening? Yeah. Like, but it is funny because it's like in the beginning we're like, why was he just sitting there looking at nothing? And it's like, oh, that's why he was standing there looking at nothing, just because they needed this scene. But <laughs> like, when he looks up, 
it's there's a plane that flies over with a phone number on it and the last four digits are one four zero eight and I was like, I literally did not even notice that till you just said that. Why? Well, I guess oh, I really? It, I, I saw it today why. and I was like, oh! <laughs> I literally was trying to read the, the first part of it and then I gave up because I couldn't. <laughs> so I, didn't even I can't remember it. what the first bit says, but I, I caught the last bit. I was like, that's important. I gotta remember that. It, says 14 it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't read all the words and it was like 1 800 and I literally stopped reading it because I was like, I can't, I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave up. I was like, I'm stupid. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with that bit. Um, uh, he wakes up later in a hospital with Lily at his bedside who has flown over to Los Angeles to be with him um, she tells him that he was put in hospital after he got hit in the head with a surfboard and got a, like sustained a concussion so he goes he swings right back into ordinary life uh, drives on down to the beach with Lily um, gets his car which has $600 worth of parking fines on it <laughs> he's like great <laughs> um, she says that she's happy that he's still surfing and that, um, you know, she understands why he lives there, which I thought was really nice that she was kind of like, I, I get it. I get why you want to be here. Right. They were having like a really like nice time mm. and some good moments. And I don't know. They had I was like, maybe, together. maybe they are together. <laughs> maybe Lily will find like her answers. <laughs> are we going to get a divorce? <laughs> The whole time she's like, so she like just passes him a note, check yes or no. <laughs> Remember He's like, when I can't used, deal with this, Lily. You'd write things on your eraser and write yes or no, and you gotta flip the eraser to the answers. She <laughs> right. That. She's like, here, just use this eraser. I know you're not good with your words, Mike. <laughs> just flip it. <laughs> just switch one. He's like, I refuse. <laughs> no. I refuse to flip it. He just chucks it. <laughs> I hate this game. <laughs> Lands in someone's Why do we have to put a label on it? <laughs> right. I'm a modern They're like man. already married. <laughs> You're actually uh-huh. married. Um, so he goes and writes a book about it, about his experiences in 1408. And as he goes to mail it, he gets to the post office uh, and realizes, oh, well, the post office guy says, no, we're closed because we're, we're renovating. And um, this creeped me out because uh, the post office manager or worker um is mm-hmm. one of the bellboys from the dolphin and right. so the same... he recognizes him straight away and he's like uh <laughs> right the same when they were at the restaurant the lady there was a lady that walked behind them and she was the lady that jumped out the window oh, and well, so I was oh like, yes yeah right and then there was a part um wow it just left my brain <laughs> i was about to say something and oh there's a part because he's like 1408 definitely happened but you're like yeah. did it or did you just have this dream because you're a writer da, da, da. so he's like looking through at the library like he did in the a beginning about the dolphin and it was like it showed all the same deaths but it was like man jumped off bridge woman jumped out of like home or whatever like it was yeah. all very different things and none of them had anything to do with 1408 I thought that was just kind of interesting yeah because he now he's like what happened <laughs> Right, he's like, how did I just think of this like super detailed, dramatic situation it in didn't my head? Happen, but then right. also you're, you've got people like Stephen King who drew that, and you're just like, right. So you're like, well, he's a writer. <laughs> so you never in know. My head. Um, so this creeps me out because the construction crew start to destroy the post office and pull it all down, 
and we see that uh, the walls and floors of 1408 are underneath. And now it's like fire. It's being, it's caught on fire. Like it's fire damaged. And he finds himself still trapped in the room. And he's like, God damn it. Fucking hell. <laughs> Lily would never know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> There's an I should have answered in my dream. <laughs> never have left. Um, there's a small inscription on the wall visible from uh the window like opposite the the um the room when he looks out the window and it says says burn me alive and he's like what the fuck is going on here um he has a very heartbreaking encounter with his daughter who is in his arms at this point oh my god that scene uh, it literally broke me it was so sad yeah. I was like in tears. I was like almost in tears. I was like, oh my yeah. god, that's terrible. It was so sad. Um, mm. so his daughter is alive, but she's dying again, and he like she like dies in his arms, and yeah. then she like bursts into dust as he's like screaming, and I'm just like, can you not? It's traumatizing. But again, he should have went to therapy. <laughs> should have gone to therapy. Uh. <laughs> The clock's radio's countdown, we see it slowly approaching zero. And when it finally reaches the zero, the room changes back to its original undamaged appearance. Yes. Looks nice and all nice and clean. Um, It's, I don't know. It's so crazy to me how this room, like when Lily said, like I still just so crazy me when Lily was like, the cops are there and the room is just fine. It's just like, where is he? I mean, I get it's a movie, but, like, where are you then? Like, how do they not see you, but you're here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because even if it's all in his head, where are you? Like, I feel like he's yeah, just, like, shut in the closet physically? and all he's just thinking about all of this. And then they, like, leave and then they just drag him back out of the closet, like, the room, whatever. I just had a point. I just had to They hide him that. in the closet while people come in to look at the room. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're just like, what? And he's just, like, passed out. Like, what? <laughs> um... A hangman's knot appears in the bedroom and Mike has a vision of him hanging himself. He calls and uh, he actually picks up the phone to the operator and he's like, I will not be checking out that way. Like, he is so angry. Right. I love that scene. She's like, "Um, are you finished? Like, are you ready to check out? And he's like, I refuse. And she's like, "Uh, you probably have what exactly she says. (laughs) Um, She says something about you can either check out like Mm -hmm. that way or you can relive this moment over and over again right oh she says because she says all of our all of our um people have uh, free will or something like that and it's basically what it is it's like you live this hell loop or you kill yourself and it's like damn yeah Yeah. um and he's just like no this is not how it's going to go but i'm ending this like i'm done with this and um on the end of the phone because uh, he puts the phone down and the phone starts to melt and the voice is saying, ignore the sirens, every friend is dead. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Right. I thought that too. I was like, <laughs> I still don't really understand what that meant other than just being creepy. Yeah. I, maybe it was just to be creepy. I feel like someone heard that somewhere and was like, put that in that movie right there. That sounds good. Let's <laughs> it needs do to it. be in there. That's creepy as fuck. That terrified me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to go, Ew. <laughs> ew. Uh, That's what I'm I, time with you. <laughs> Disgusting. I'm gonna start doing it now, just like subconsciously, and just be like, oh, actually, no. In really gory scenes, I'm always like, ew, 
Ew. <laughs> but when gory scenes, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's I when do people that. look up real fast or have like a distorted face. I'm like, Ugh, I can't. When people <laughs> are mimicking people cross the freaking road. <laughs> Ew. It's <laughs> like, we're done. That's Just chop your arm off like a normal horror movie. <laughs> Stop mimicking me. <laughs> Where's the chainsaw? <laughs> There's a chainsaw we prepared earlier. Um, that's, yeah, uh, one movie that made me say ew a lot was Us. Yes. I was like, uh, yes. ew, ew. Just because, like, her, like, the way she spoke and then um, the the sun that would, like, crawl around everywhere, I was like, ew, ew, ew. Everyone's like, just so off. And it's like, and it's yeah. not just one character. It's like everybody. All of them. <laughs> You're all off. None of you know understand no. what's going on. You all need some kind of therapy. <laughs> That's like the message of this whole thing is get therapy, people. Our movie messages get therapy. I mean, I'm in therapy, but also, I've been um, in therapy. It's great. Works wonders. But horror movies are also fun. <laughs> yes. Oh, um, so I love that he turns this cognac into a Molotov cocktail because I love fire. Yes. Anything with fire, I'm like. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's like the it's like the perfect ending. I guess not the whole ending, but it's like the perfect piece to this. It just yeah, it's chef's kiss. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, he basically just sets the whole room on fire, which makes the whole hotel have to be evacuated. So, um, Lily, who has just gotten there, is stopped by firefighters. Um. Uh, but she tells him, hey, Mike is in 1408. Someone's in there. He's He can't get out. Right. Um, so Mike throws an ashtray through the room's windows. Uh, so dramatic. Smash, so badass. To smash the windows because he can't open them, can he? Um, I, don't, I don't think he can get over there. I think it's too far. Like, I think it's like... The flames are just, like, in that area. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and he's like, uh... Because he, he threw it next... It's almost like he didn't really plan it out well. He threw yeah. it toward the windows, and then he was like, shit, I need over there. <laughs> it's I need, like, I'm maybe you should have switched there. spots. But now I think he's afraid of the windows. The windows have really traumatized him. He's afraid well, of near the windows. Like, he really shifts... People right, he really shifts from the windows to the other side of the room throughout, like, the, half, mm. the rest of the half of the movie. He's like, I'm over it. I'm <laughs> over the windows, I'm over the bed, I'm over the bathroom. Yeah. But the good thing about him smashing the windows, it causes the flames to get sucked out the window. So um, he is in that time is saved by the firefighters, like bashing the door down. And he's a little bit burnt, uh, a little bit crispy. And they're like, don't worry, you're going to be all right. And he tries to tell them, uh, "Not don't go in the room. It is evil. Don't go in. I there. saw a different ending. Just let it go. Oh, really? My ending didn't happen this way. Oh! <laughs> I thought this happened. I was like, I was watching it. I'm like, mm, I don't think this house ends, but I'm watching let's, it right now. Let's go with your ending. So your in ending. my ending, he does die. They do not oh, get okay. up there in time. And an explosion, like, it, like it, he throws the ashtray through the window. Same thing. Mm. An explosion happens. It lets all the air in. And the fire just takes over the entire room. And Mike oh. dies. And then they have a funeral for Mike. Oh, in this ending yeah. that I have, uh, this might be an alternative ending. So um, yeah. he gets out and then he's in hospital. Um, uh, he moves back in with um, Lily. Um, and this is the scene that I loved. Uh, okay. So he's like unpacking all his boxes and he comes across his like mini recorder. 
and he's been trying to convince his wife Lily that they that he saw Katie while he was there that he held her yeah. that it was so real and she's like no I do not believe you whatsoever and so um he's listening back to the tape play and it's like his 1408 story and um it cuts in and out of the audio of his interaction with his daughter and so Lily hears her dead daughter's voice um, coming through the tape recorder and basically the film just ends them looking at each other like, what the fuck? And Mike has obviously a look of like, I, I told you so. Like, I told you I saw her. Right. And I like love I wasn't that lying. ending. Yeah, I wasn't lying to you, but I love that they both got to share that moment of hearing her voice together. And yeah, that's the version that's on our streaming service here. Alright, so the one I saw, so after he passed, um, there was like this last little clip, and it was also kind of like a happy, it was kind of a happy ending as well, but basically um, the guy, the manager of the Dolphin Hotel, which I don't know why she would want this, but he goes to the burial site, and he goes up to Lily with like this little box of stuff, and was like, I just wanted to tell you like, your husband did like a great service, because he burnt down this room, like he helped so many people. And then there was someone with her, I forget who it was, but she, he basically, I think it was his boss, he basically was like, get lost, pal, like, she just lost her husband, she doesn't know, <laughs> but she still doesn't know, she doesn't have closure, get away from her. So he's like, okay, he goes back to his car, and he opens up the box, and it's like his burnt items, and one of them is the voice recorder, and he was listening to it, and I honestly can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like a scary part where basically he was like, I think you could hear his daughter, and then you could hear him and he was like crying out. So he like turned off because he got kind of like scared. And then he looks in his rearview mirror. Well, he hears a girl and she's like, daddy, daddy. And he's like, what? And you think it's Katie. So you look in the, he looks in his rearview mirror and it's just a little girl running to her dad, not a dead girl, just a regular person. And then there's Mike in his backseat all burned up for like a flash. And oh, it scares the wow. shit out of but wow. then it jumps to 1408, the room, it's all burned down, and then it shows Mike's, like, ghost, because he's dead, and then you hear, Daddy, Daddy, it's Katie, and you and she, you don't see her, but you see him, like, walking off, and, like, he's with her now. So it's, like, <laughs> right? It's, like, it's like a happy ending, but it's, like, terribly sad. But also, oh Lily God. did not know what she was, so now she's a widow. So now she can tell her boyfriend <laughs> what she is. But I was, I was like, that's like sad, but like, at least you're with your dog. I wish I got to see that ending. I'd love to see that. It was really good. Yeah. And the freaking jump scare in the backseat. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Our ending is just like, he lives happily ever after. Right. And mine was like, (laughs) Katie and Mike live happily ever after and Lily can fuck off. She should have called the cops sooner. (laughs) (laughs) She should have called the cops. (laughs) It was all Lily's fault. Oh, I love this movie. I love that we could have a laugh about the the silly parts of it. <laughs> right, I know it is. It is such a like depressing. I just, I, yeah, I forgot how depressing it was. But apparently, it there really are a lot is. of alternate parts to this. Like, I need to find the version that I watched with. I know that there was a person in that bathtub covered in blood, and they I scared the crap like out of me. The first time I watched this film, so this came out in two thousand and seven. So mm-hmm. I was in my last year of high school, but I didn't see it then. I might have seen it a yeah. couple of years later. And I feel like we rented it and it might have been in the deleted scenes. You know how you can choose to have the deleted scenes play in I like, think that's what it was because I rented yeah. it as well. Yeah. I might have to get it on Blu-ray and see if they've got it. Why would they delete like the scene? Version. It was the scariest part of the whole thing. 
I don't know. And I know when I watched it the second time, I felt like a crazy person because I was waiting for it. Because I was like, my favorite, my favorite scene. Like, where is it? Where the fuck is right. it? Right. I'm like, I mean, if anyone knows me, like I love blood and gore. Like I'm waiting for it, and I never see any bloody person in the bathtub. I was so disappointed. But the Ice Pick Man <laughs> still got me. So. Oh, that Ice Pick Man is so disturbingly good. Right. He's just and so the thing quick. In the in the vent that te- that scared the shit out of me. I was like, get, yeah, get me out too. Of the vent. Get out of the vent. And he just got so fast, and the guy got so close to him. I'm like. You literally, it's not even like, oh, what is that? Could be something I can need later. Like, no, it's literally a dead body. Why are you getting so close to it? Is this dead body going to help you in some way? Like, it was completely out of your way. You did not need to go that way. (laughs) At all. If I saw that, I'd be like, yeah, it's a haunted hotel. Makes sense. Keep going. It's not bothering me. I'm not bothering it. (laughs) We can just eat passing chips in the night. Right. (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) So, uh, for everyone listening, that is 1408. Um, a fantastic film. Although we did laugh a lot, it's not that funny when you watch it. <laughs> no, it's really actually isn't. terrifying and sad. And if you have children or a father, it's will probably don't make you it. cry. Don't watch it. Don't don't watch it. Just no one watch it. It's the worst. <laughs> if you have a dad, don't watch it. <laughs> if you were born, don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I do love this film. It's so great. And John Cusack's great. Samuel L. Jackson's great. Um, I. What's your favorite scene from the film? That's in this version of the film. That's well, okay. So not Bye. this version we know, but in this version, my favorite scene in this whole film. Um, honestly, <laughs> I guess my favorite. I this can't be my favorite scene, but my favorite quote is when the um, manager does say, "It's just an evil fucking room," <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, damn." But I think my favorite part, even though it's so sad, is when his daughter is like dying in his arms. I don't know why. It's just because it's such a heart wrenching, like yeah, moment. And then probably my, like, scariest, like, oh, like, creep vibes is when he's looking out the window and the guy across from him. Because when I first watched it, I really thought this guy was, like, gonna somehow interact with him or help him. And when I realized it was him, I was like, ew, I'm done. (laughs) Like, that's too much. So I know those are all, those are all my, like, little favorite tidbits there. Yeah, mine have to be, um, I had the scene in the fridge with, uh, Samuel Jackson in the fridge because yes. his like incredible anger outburst when he like rips the fridge apart because I think that's him ex- like um trying to deny the fact that he was preying on people and their um their wants for something to be supernatural and so he was exploiting that part of people and their hope and their dreams that you know they're going to see the, their their loved ones one day but you know he's out there fucking ruining the, those hopes and dreams and I think he wasn't angry at Samuel L. Jackson's character, he's angry at himself. Right. He was angry at the words he was saying, because he was like, damn, man, you're right. But yeah. I'm like, I'm going through a lot right now. So like rage is all I have. Like that's yeah. all I can show is just rage. And even actually right before he throws that like bottle and catches everything on fire, he makes a comment. I don't know the exact quote, but basically I've always been a selfish man. And today mm-hmm. I'm going to change that or something like that. And I did love that because yeah. I mean, even from what we've been saying, I mean, he really did start out. You could tell he was very condescending. He was just like, yeah, show me the room. He didn't even care about the books. He didn't care about the people that were his fans. He didn't care about his yeah. own family. And so he's like, yeah, this room will not kill anyone else. But also kind of like, you did a good thing, but also like you aren't getting out of this room. So let's not, I mean, yeah. you know, let's not give you too much credit. If you could just leave, you fucking would. You're not like the door's open. You're like, no, I'm going to stay and burn this place down. You're literally like, um, either going to hang myself uh live this hell loop that i hate over and over again or burn this place down so like 
you'd made a good you did a good thing you did but like good. yeah right but it wasn't your choice to do the good thing like that's not <laughs> and you could just leave you would have it's not like you consciously went you know what's a good idea that's what it, that's what i'm doing oh, right he was just like of my three terrible options <laughs> i'll do this terrible. and then i'll make myself feel good about it so right yeah. there even at the end he's still a narcissist still can't stand him <laughs> oh i'm just kidding <laughs> Well, um, that was awesome. I, I love that movie. I might even watch it again today. <laughs> I, I need to find the other one. I'm going to I'm gonna buy the DVD and it's going to have yeah. all the alternate endings. I need all the things. And mm. I'm going to watch it through three, four times, however many there freaking are. <laughs> Good idea. I'm going to... Maybe I have it. Okay, no, I don't. It's next. I've I know, I'm it. surprised I don't have it, but... Mm. I don't know I why. I, I think... And I couldn't really even find it streaming. Like, I actually, like, went onto my... I have everything, like we were talking about earlier. I have, you know, HBO Max and Netflix and Shutter, all this stuff. And I searched it in my Fire Stick, and I couldn't pull it up. I had to go onto, like, a like third-party website and, like, find it. And I was like, wow. We, we have it on an Australian, like, if Fox owns it. Uh, it's like Foxtel here owns it. Foxtel is, yeah. like, the Fox network, but it's a whole, it's a whole thing here. It's like our cable TV. And mm-hmm. uh, they own a streaming service here called Stan, and it's on that. So it was super easy to find. I was like, I was really surprised when I found it. The right. Other, like, I think I watched it like two weeks ago. I watched it today. I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> I was like, looking for it. I was like, hmm, I might have to go like find it. <laughs> but luckily, I have this like streaming service that has like everything on it. But it's just like sometimes it's like hit or miss. Like it depends if other people yeah. upload to it, you know. But it was on there, and there was a lot of things, but. Well, not that I want to go through all of them, but I almost wonder if, like, because people just upload 1408, so I bet there's all these different versions on there. Yeah, that I'm going to go through possible. and, like, watch. I'm just going to buy the damn DVD. <laughs> so I can choose what I'm watching. <laughs> I don't I don't have that kind of time. I mean, I do, but I don't have that kind of patience. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's me, to a T. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I need it right now. I don't need it later. I'm now. Right. Um, so... Uh, to wrap the podcast up, my final question for you is, what is the last horror movie that you watched? Um, The last horror movie that I watched is... um, I'm actually jumping on my Twitter because I literally share everything and I have the worst memory. <laughs> I didn't finish that yet. Oh, I actually watched Bad Candy and that's actually new. So yeah, I, I watched just, Bad I Candy that today. a couple of weeks ago. Oh, did you? I, I liked yeah. it. It's very campy. It is, gory. Yeah. A little ridiculous, but I did yeah. enjoy it because it gives all the it gives all the Halloween vibes. So yeah, I was kind of here. My for review it. was basically like, if you're not a an independent like horror movie lover, it's probably not for you. <laughs> right, right. That's why I was like, I was watching. I'm like, I, I would watch this around October. I don't think I'd watch it outside of October, but I'd watch it around October. It gives me. It's kind. It's almost like a rip off Trick or Treat, but it kind of gives me the vibes of yeah. Honestly. But my favorite thing that I watched recently was Superhost on Shudder. I love that ah, movie. I've been I thought it was to watch great. that. Especially, like, because I'm not, I'm not going to give anything away. You say you have watched it or you haven't? No, I'm going to. Okay, I won't I'm give anything away, it. but basically it starts with, like, two vloggers and they go and they're staying at, like, a VRBO type thing and the person that owns it is just seems a little crazy. But I do love the vlogging aspect as, like, a YouTuber. And I love yeah. modern set horror movies. Like, I love 80s, 70s, whatever. I love those, too. But anything, like, I love found footage films. I love modern settings, like, host and unfriended, things like that. Like, they're just, yeah. I don't know. There's, like, a special place in my heart for them. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I think the last horror movie I watched was... I can't remember. Oh, right, that's final, why I had to jump Final Girls. 
the final girls. Oh, I need to watch that. I was, I've heard good. a lot of good things. It was really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. And then there's an ending scene that I just wanted to cry in. Um, no. But it was good. I need to check that out. Um, was it like a happy cry, sad cry? Sad cry. Oh, yeah. well. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. I don't know why. I really like depressing movies. Gory, depressing, like my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> I, I should why, hit those. It should yeah, be but I guess that is kind of just horror. I mean, that's basically horror. It's like people are like, it's Depressing. like the worst times of their lives. And we're like, oh, it's a great movie. Do you have another one? <laughs> Can we watch the next one? Thanks. Great. Right. <laughs> well, um, thank you for joining me. Uh, can well, you... Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I've had an absolute ball talking about this movie. Um, where can listeners find you and your YouTube channel? So I am at Chelsea Rath, W-R-A-T-H, just like... Uh, Wraith, which I think is some kind of paranormal spirit, which I did not realize until after I made my channel. But I have a YouTube channel, and then I have a TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and a Facebook page for those of you who are still over up on the Facebook space. So yeah, I'm kind of everywhere. <laughs> if you just type Chelsea Rath into just about anything, I'll pop up. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's the same with like my nickname, uh, Catstead. So that well, that was my streaming name, and then I just put it on all my Twitter. So that people can't find me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. It just makes it so easy. It's just like, boom, right there. <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks. Thanks heaps for today. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. This is the first podcast I've been on and oh. I really enjoyed it. And you've been a great host, I must oh, say. thank you so much. And I love your podcast. So oh, everyone needs to go watch all of the podcasts. They're so fun. And I love breaking down videos. It's the best. Yeah, that's, I think that's why I do it. And I, cause I, I was watching the, your YouTube channel and I was like, I had to like pick like movies I'd seen. So I was like, oh, which one can I watch? <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause I, I always start out where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to talk about it a little bit. So I don't go into it. And then all of a sudden, like on my channel, it's like spoilers. And I put like all these things You're like, oh shit, I have to go into it. I have to share all the things. I'm like, it's so hard for me not to do that. I'm like, sorry, skip ahead. Like, <laughs> Just don't watch the rest of and I'm a little bit all over the place. <laughs> uh, also, a huge thank you to listeners. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please remember to leave a rating and review where you listen to your podcasts. To catch all the latest from me, you can find me on Twitter at Catstead underscore or on Instagram at CatTGIFpod. To see all the latest from the podcast, please follow the show on Twitter at TGIFpodcast. You've been listening to TGIF. See you next Friday.